Football Talks, the shared passion of the beautiful game. Welcome to Football Talks Podcast. Today we have a special episode. He's been in and around the footballing world since a tender age and is working hard to reach his goal to becoming a professional footballer. I'm honoured to have him on my podcast to share his journey with us. Julian, welcome to the Football Talks Podcast. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome. Um, pleasure to be here. <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure to obviously have you here. Um, so yeah, we'll obviously start with how you got into football, what, like, obviously your passion in football, how did you, from a tender age of course, get into it and start obviously liking it? Well, from, well actually my first sport was um, rugby and tennis. Okay. I played, I played those two sports I think when I was about, I'd say about five, six, around that time and then um, I'd also, I think I'd probably have like a, a ball at my house. I'd have a garden that I just kick about from that age, and um, I guess from that point, as I just sort of saw like other people my age were just like playing football for fun. I think I probably would have wanted to join in at that point because at that point, um, I think I would have I enjoyed football a lot more over the two other sports, and it just sort of like. Took, took my mind more than the other two. So um, I think at that age, I think it was under under sevens yeah. or under eights. I just joined my local local Sunday league team, but just, just for fun at that point, because I just enjoy kicking the ball about. And then it sort of, it took off from there. And um, yeah, I just enjoy playing uh, a small age Sunday league. And um, yeah, I was just enjoying myself. Yeah, that's um that's very good, especially a lot of kids. That's what they obviously aspire to do, and obviously have the opportunity to play in Sunday leagues. Um, during your time in playing Sunday league and everything like that, how when di- at what point did you roughly realize, okay, I'd want to take this more seriously? Like it, it wasn't just like a kick about with just friends. It's more of a thing you wanted to do long term per se. Well, obviously when I got um. When I got scouted, I got scouted on my very first game for um, for my Sunday league team. It's called Barn- Barnes Eagles. Yeah. I remember my very first game, uh, the referee we had was um, a scout that was also a coach at Crystal Palace. And so he had connections. And um, I think I, I'm, I'm, I can't remember the game that well, but I must have played pretty well. And he, he must have seen something that he wanted. But... Um, even when I was sort of under eights, under nines, um, when I, those were my first two years at Crystal Palace, at that point I still hadn't really um, understood sort of the level that I was, well, what I was going into at that point. It was still very um, based around just the fun of the love, the love for the game and how fun it was. And um, I didn't sort of, I didn't realize how wow okay this is I'm at, I'm at a Premier League academy now this is something I can take a lot further until probably quite a few years later under under 11s under 12s that's when I really started thinking okay this is something I can make a career of possibly but in the, in the early ages it was definitely still just sort of based around how much fun I was having and just just like kicking the ball about yeah obviously like you were scouted from a very, very young age. So would you say that um, there was a difference in, the, in the, obviously the way the football was handled in terms of playing for your local team and obviously playing in the, within the Crystal Palace Academy setup? 
yeah yeah massive difference obviously you get a wider group of boys from all across london obviously the level of football um increases a lot and you can tell you're surrounded by better players than what you were with sunday league but um i think that's that's normally the case with with most boys i think my my sunday league team um when i was in under eight um had a lot of other good boys i mean i had another boy in there who's playing with me who's now at afc wimbledon academy and there was i had another a few really good talented boys uh, um at my sunday league team so when i made the switch it wasn't it wasn't too much of a a difference in level i mean our Sunday lead team just sort of, we would win like eight, ten nil, nine nil every game. It was it was silly, really. But <laughs> when the um, when when I made the switch to Palace, um, obviously you could tell there was a different different type of boys uh, from all across London, like I said earlier, and um, you could tell with how it was it was a lot more, even from from that age, they were still trying to make it sort of fun for the boys because when you're eight you just you don't really they don't want to they don't want to make it too serious but um you could you could tell that um it was it was a much higher level mm, yeah that, that's expected um obviously you started from a very very young age so how were you able to obviously keep up with education to a certain extent as well as obviously meeting up with training match days how was it and obviously your social life as well how was it in terms of trying to adapt to that and then making it like a routine and a norm for you yeah well it's it's a huge commitment i mean uh, um i think from from under nines uh that was sort of my first season in the academy under eights was something they called the pre-academy um so it was slightly different a lot um a little more relaxed but from under nines it started becoming um two two training sessions midweek on a uh a monday monday and a wednesday and then we'd also have a training on a saturday and then a game on a sunday so i mean from from nine years of age i was playing football four times a week and um so yeah that's a that's a huge commitment to have uh, at that age i mean at that point my life was just really football and school now, now that I think about it I didn't I didn't do much else so um it definitely has an impact on your social life but um at that point when you're when you're nine years old in primary school you know your life is it's very it's very centered about around football you know you don't you don't have too much else with social life but um as you as you get older I think it impacts your social life more because then you start you start going out more with friends and then Football can sometimes get in the way, but I think um, definitely in, throughout primary school, I, I didn't it didn't bother me too much because I just wanted to play football all the time, so I I didn't it didn't annoy me too much. Yeah, that's that's obviously very that's obviously very good, and then obviously there's the on with football is obviously ups and it's downs, and then when the whole Crystal Palace situation in which you were released happened. How did you deal with it? Because I know a lot of people would react differently, but in your case, you didn't. How did you obviously overcome that that hurdle, that disappointment, obviously? Yeah, well, obviously it's it's incredibly disappointing um, at that at that time. Um, I think I was also slightly uh, more unlucky than usual boys because I got released at the exact same time we went into lockdown um, for for COVID. It was um, 
February, March 2020, I got released. I got told I was getting released uh, around that time. And um, because of that, I didn't have, I barely had any opportunities to sort of go and try with other clubs or um, uh, make contact with other clubs because it was, everything was, was shut down at that point. But um, I think for me, it was, um, it was motivation that you've got, to, you've got to deal with because when you when you're at the lowest of the lows and uh, you've you've been released and you're getting told that the club doesn't want you anymore, you have to you've got to keep trying and and stay motivated. And that was definitely hard for me, as you know, especially with with lockdown because I wasn't doing anything. Uh, I got quite quite lazy, I think, throughout that time. And um, even I think I'd only go out. I'd go out and play football maybe once a week. Um, so yeah, it had a, had a huge impact on me. Um, I would say, yeah. Do you feel like during that moment, especially when you received the news, you fell out of love with football a little bit, or like you said, did it just push you further to achieve your goals? Um, I think more more the first option. It was um, when I when I got told, I sort of didn't. It took a while for the news to like soak in. Um, I sort of just like brushed it away and um even though like I tried to sort of not show that I was too annoyed by it and just thought oh it's just another another turn in my in my football journey but um yeah no it was um I think throughout when I was when I was training during lockdown and there wasn't any games and there was nothing going on um, I think there was, I definitely fell a little bit out of love with football. I remember I was at least playing playing games on on my PS4 at least around. That took up most of my day and um, I was doing that more than playing football. And um, so yeah, I think definitely I uh, fell out of love a little bit with the game, yeah. And um, obviously when you did get released, did you feel like... Palace did anything to support you after that or was it just after the message obviously it was just it in terms of communication between you and the club um there was a little bit of support in the sh- in the short term i think in the um the two maybe in, there was a two month period after i was told i was released i was getting released and um or maybe a month period between february march that they um there was, there was support there obviously they said they were gonna try. They were telling other clubs that when we played them, that I was getting released, and so to sort of have a look at me and see if they wanted me. Um, so I think there was a, a bit. There was support in in the short term um, length of time. I think uh, towards the long term, there's there's no there's no real support at that to- at that point. Once once the club sort of um, letting you go out the door, um, they they turn their attention to the players that are in their that they want and that they've got in their in their year group and um i think uh at that point once once you're getting released um yeah i think that there could be there could be a lot more support and um as you can see with um i think one of the boys called uh, jeremy wisson who was at um manchester city's academy and um he took his took his own life after getting released it can have a huge impact on boys so I think they should have quite a, a long, long-term support, or um, quite, quite more, quite a lot more support towards the boys that are getting released. Because, especially 
a boy like me that's been there for sort of it was it was my sixth seventh year at that point I'd been there since under eights um it was just sort of oh we'll, we'll help out with a few of these clubs um and then but from that point onwards there was no contact so yeah yeah exactly you took the words right out of my mouth especially it's always a like a great area when it comes to support after players get released I guess clubs don't really do much I think they probably just tick the boxes and then that's about it which unfortunately like you said a fortunate circumstances in which players take their own life because some players see that they have no other option and if their support was there then maybe they would be able to see okay they're still more like they're still like a light at the end of the tunnel um obviously now you're at the I think I can't remember the name. I know it's owned by the James's family, like Reese James and Lauren James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. N- Nigel James, yeah. elite coach. Um, how are you finding it so far? Uh, yeah, it's good. I've been I've been there for around a year now. That was the club club that I joined. I think August twenty twenty. Um, I first joined. I've been there for a year, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it definitely. I think there's a group of boys there that um. I've got on with uh, and I like a lot more than the boys that are at Crystal Palace um, and I think there's um, they're, they're, they're a group of hard working boys there and that they've all got sort of that um, that message in, into their head that um, it's a place where they can sort of get back into academies or at least non-league, non-league football level and um, yeah I've been I've been enjoying it just getting back playing football again and um, playing a lot more than I was in my last year at Crystal Palace and um, yeah it's been good yeah that's very good at least the love is back in football for you and then like you said as you were playing probably less in Crystal Palace in your last year um, there's been articles as well in which players are probably in academies they played get played out of position or something or to incorporate other players did you feel like that was the case when you were playing during the academy yeah yeah definitely I think that's um that's something that happens around with players that they know that they're going to release. They um, they use them or play them in a position that benefits other players that they want uh, at their club and can see a future with uh, to develop. I think in my last year, I remember, well, I can remember about five, six games that I played from August all the way to March when, when COVID happened. And um, I was getting put in, in left back or out out wide, all sorts of positions that I wasn't comfortable playing. And even at that point, it would only be about a half or 15, 20 minutes that I would play. And um, being being a natural midfielder, central midfielder, you know, it, it wasn't nice really. But um, you had to you had to deal with it really, and um, yeah, it was it was slightly annoying. Yeah. Was it something that they ever came to you to explain, OK, this is why you're being played out of position? Because surely they would have known that central midfield is your position. So if they're putting you to like a left-back or centre-back, would they have explained to you, maybe for whatever reason, even if it's an excuse, why they're playing you in that position? Or did you just find out on the day that, OK, I'm playing left-back? There was, there was no real explanation, really. I think... Um the f- there, were, there was a couple games where I played left back and it would have been about a half and um, I was sort of, I didn't really, I didn't really question it, you know, uh, I just, I guess I was sort of um, happy that I was getting played at all and um, at that point I just sort of adapted to the position I was given but from what I can remember there was there was no real explanation. Um, obviously I was, I was played central midfield a couple times as well but um 
it wasn't it wasn't like a, a fixed position. They weren't they weren't playing me all the time in um in my in my favourite position that they could get the best out of me in. But um no, I don't I don't think uh, there was an explanation really. It was just sort of um a position where they only had I think there was only one other boy there that played left back, so if he if he needed like a rest or if he got injured, it was sort of like an, an available space for them to put me uh, so that I could they could give me some sort of game time. All right, that's that's very that's very good. That's very different. Um, what would you say, let's say, short term and long term wise, your goals are in terms of the football and your like your footballing career? Well. Uh, at my age, I'm 16, under 16s. Um, there's still there's a, there's the next two years really is sort of there's definitely a chance I can get I could try get back into academies. Um, at the moment, um, I'm sort of there's a I'm looking at sort of like a non-league a non-league career in football is probably something which is still still going to be hard to achieve, but it's something that's looking more likely than uh, getting back into academy in the in the top four leagues at the moment um i think next year if if everything goes as it is right now next year i'll be playing um non-league or uh under 18 youth football um at non-league against um other other good non-league clubs in in the leagues that um are currently happening with our under 18s um and it should be a good stepping stone i think to um trying to develop some sort of career in football if that's sort of in the fifth or sixth is um so yeah yeah for sure like obviously the obvious name like Jamie Vardy who made it from non-league so it's not like as an impossible climb but it's something that yeah, is yeah, doable so yeah and with your dedication and passion there's no reason why you wouldn't be able to make it <laughs> yeah for sure thank you so much for obviously coming on my podcast and helping me it's been a pleasure to have you on this <laughs> thank you thank you for having me <laughs> I hope it was useful. Yeah, it was very, very useful. <laughs> on the next episode on Football Talks, we'll be getting a parental perspective on having to support a child with footballing aspirations.